The only constant in business is change. Welcome to Trends, Bends, and Opportunities, the show that explores business ups, downs, and possibilities. I'm Pat Lynch, and I'm a retired police supervisor. Now I teach and mentor real estate agents who are looking to stand out above the rest. My partner here is Dr. Lauren Murfield. He's a retired college professor who now works with business leaders, small and large, to do what they never thought possible. Together, we're docking the cop and we're here to help you think bigger and reach higher to deliver disruptive success for today's world. Let's go. Um, welcome, my name is Pat Lynch and I'm the uh, chairman of the uh, Business Connections Committee at the Center Club here in Tampa. And um, we are uh, back again, uh, myself and my co-host, uh, Dr. Uh, Lauren Murfield. Say hi, Doc. Hey, how's everybody doing? Glad everybody's back. And uh, our special guest today is Elliot Ross. And uh, he is a, a commercial real estate broker here in Tampa. He's uh, fairly new to the business. He's only been around for about 41 years, according to uh, his uh, training manual that he went through in February of, I, uh, I won't tell you the date. Uh, but we're here each day talking about trends, bends, and opportunities. And what that's really all about is, just like it says, we're going to explore the ups, the downs, and the possibilities for businesses. And we're going to try to keep this down to 30 minutes. And with that, uh, Elliot, go ahead and introduce yourself, and then uh, we'll go from there. Um, I'm Elliot Ross. I've been in Tampa since 1982. That dates back to when 49th Street was two lanes with no shoulders, uh, no Bayside Bridge. Um, Howard Franklin is four lanes with nowhere to pull off to the side. So we've come a long way, but we've never caught up on transportation as everybody knows. I've been in real estate since the early 70s um, when I got out of college, when they finally kicked me out with a BA after seven years. So, and I'm a CCIM, which is a certified commercial investment member of the National Association of Realtors. So, uh, Elliot, uh, obviously, you know, one of the things we talk about here is we've got all sorts of issues um, and um, we're, we're looking at, uh, you know, the challenges and, and opportunities. And, and since you're the commercial real estate guy, one of the things that uh, we talked about yesterday on the, on the, the episode was uh, Cheesecake Factory had had uh, notified their landlord, they have almost 400 stores nationwide, notified their landlord several weeks ago now that they weren't gonna be able to pay April's rent. And, um, and of course, uh, we were talking about it yesterday and, and they're in a lot of malls and they re rely on a lot of that foot traffic that those malls bring. Um, but obviously that's gonna put, you know, that's gonna affect commercial real estate. Obviously the mall sitting across the street from the center club is, is uh, pretty sparsely populated right now. So, uh, what's what what are you seeing in commercial real estate, and 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 where's the opportunities? Well, I think it's going to be easier just to kind of give a, a global, uh, from ten thousand feet view of each of the market segment types. The cheese, cheesecake factory may or may not be stronger and able to withstand this than your mom and pops that typically don't have big reserves. 
but not only Cheesecake, Panera, Starbucks, and a lot of others have notified landlords, Subway, that they're not going to pay rent either. And so it's put a big burden on the landlords. What do we do now? Are we going to work with them to defer rents? Uh, and then what are the lenders doing? If you got a commercial mortgage-backed security loan where it's non-recourse, it might be a little easier, but you got to walk away from your equity. So in retail, basically all of the retail is shut down right now, except for what would be deemed as essential services, which would be uh, lenders and and uh, you know some doctors' offices and so on. But if you're just catering to the public, you're a restaurant, you're closed. You still have a lease, you still have rent that's owed, and while there's uh, there's an order that says you can't evict a residential tenant. The courts very often don't distinguish between residential and commercial. So um, it takes 30 to 60 days to get a commercial tenant out, but there isn't gonna be a whole lot of sympathy if a landlord is trying to enforce leases and get rent to be paid. What we did on, one, on our centers is we told all of the tenants that had been closed by the rules that we would waive their April rent provided they were current and we would add the same amount of term onto the end of their lease so they didn't have to make it back up next month or the month after we would just get an extra month of term the landlord is theoretically whole at that point and we give the tenants some relief everybody was very appreciative of that and this is uh and everybody has paid their uh their pass-throughs which we did not waive we still got the operating expenses so but every landlord is treating it differently um some of them i read that international mall was expecting everybody to pay their rents even though they're closed uh that's a different world than most of us are in with all the high-end retailers there that theoretically would have the ability to pay when you go to office the one of the side things on working from home and Shalin Patel, Dr. Karen Patel's son, who runs Beacon Health uh, Systems, they have found out that having everybody working from home has had some efficiencies and where they were looking to maybe needing some more space, they're rethinking that whole thing and not unlike back in 2007 when we all learned how to do more with less uh, offices very likely are going to find out how they can get more productive productivity with less office space. The what the net effect of all this is going to be it remains to be seen because nobody knows how long it's going to last. The one bright spot would be industrial and while there's going to be some increasing vacancy as new construction comes online and there isn't the movement to be able to move and fit and, and uh, get people to work on it, the backlog of demand uh, that's going to occur after everything starts to open up again. It's going to fill warehouses very quickly. And the e-commerce in itself is needing more and more space as uh, people <laughs> go more and more and more to the Amazons and the rest. Um, the other thing that's going to push warehouse, uh, keep it going well, is the movement away from China and trying to bring production and supply back to the United States and back to North America anyway. Multifamily, there's 34 projects in the Tampa Bay area under construction right now with over 7,900 units coming online sometime in the next few months. The problem is that people 
have to do go out and look at these things virtually. They're not sure if they're going to keep their jobs. So the absorption is going to slow down tremendously from where it's been. And it's going to cause some distress in that market. The, and the, you go right back to the same thing. If the tenant doesn't pay his rent, uh, you can't evict him either right now. Now, <clears throat> the net result of all this, again, depends upon how long this goes on. Hospitality, hotels are empty. Um, and again, it's going to depend upon the lender. Uh, if it's commercial mortgage-backed securities, you can walk away from it because it's non-recourse. But you're going to need to have the banks on the newer projects that are higher leverage. Uh, there's going to be some uh, fallout there. And then so when you look at all of this, the sales market for investment property, well, it doesn't matter what market type it's like. There was a huge amount of liquidity on the sidelines before this started. And it hasn't gone down any unless they were, depending on what, they, what they're invested in, where they had their cash parked in the stock market or in banks or whatever. Uh, but those guys are all sitting on the sideline right now waiting to see where the opportunities are going to be. So a traditional 100% leased strip center with good tenants is not going to get nearly the attraction uh, attention right now that it would have a couple months ago while everybody waits to see where the fallout is, where the opportunities are. Um, development and construction, we've had when one of our NAOP calls, the Beck and a couple of the larger construction companies are having problems getting their uh, construction inspections done to get their structural, plumbing, electrical, because the uh, governments have all slowed down and uh, have people out sick or being typical government. If you can't get your inspections, you can't keep on building the buildings. And that was discussed with some big, pro of course, the Phoenix stuff down in Channel Side was having some issues with that. They, they're keeping going for now, but there's things that are going to slow it down. Um, so I think I covered most of the global stuff. So <clears throat> questions? Doc? Elliot, uh, you talked about government slowing things down. Is the government still up and running? Or they're, they're completely running, aren't they? So the inspectors, what's the slowdown there? Well, the planning and zoning department in Tampa, as an example, uh, you can drop off plans, but you have to drop them off in a drop box. You can't go meet with anybody. You can't get online. The, uh, some building departments are not fully staffed right now for one reason or another. And so that's taking longer times to get the inspections. Then you come back into these uh, social distancing for inspectors, uh, construction projects, which are still ongoing. Uh, I think I, it was today I read an article about uh, while they're still building them and they're having to enforce some effort with social distancing, they're having to scan all the workers when they get to work in the morning and so on and so forth. All this is gonna cost more money in the construction. And, in a market that's already faced with, uh, up till now anyway, higher and higher construction costs, material costs, material availability, and so on. We don't know where it's gonna go. At least I don't. <laughs> if if the, some speculations that say that Tampa could be open by mid-April, mid say another month, um, what happens at that time? What what, what do you foresee happening when that, when that 
time has opened up? Well, the nothing's going to happen overnight, and I don't see anything happening until probably they may come up with some announcements here in the next couple of weeks about how they're going to start bringing things back on. It might be on service type things where you can have a barbershop open and one person at a time go in there. Are we going to have large you know, restaurants opening overnight? Probably not. It's going to be more of the essential services that are in that are needed, but it's going to be a slow process. You just can't do it all back overnight. And China, the, quite a bit of the information today was the uh, they're having an uptick right now because uh, they kind of did let everything go all at once, and now they're they're seeing some issues with that. So you never know quite exactly what the real truth is when it comes out of China. But in any event, uh, there is an uptick. And then that, then there's another six or seven or eight cases of people who got the virus again that already had it once. So as the, the different strains, just like where we have the flu come back every year and we have to have a new flu vaccine as these uh, COVID strains mutate, uh, and a change a little bit, the body may or may not recognize them, and then there you go again. So uh, this is all unproven territory, and the countries that are doing the best right now, Germany, uh, South Korea, although the, they had some uh, uptick in cases, and the countries that were very, very aggressive with the testing early on, to know that a person was carrying it before they had the symptoms, before their temperature went up and were able to isolate them. Those are the ones that have done the best. We've got 300 million people in the United States and so far there's been, it's 0.017% of the people have been tested as some ridiculous number. And until there's, there's across the board testing for everybody who needs to get a test, wants to get a test, uh, it's gonna, this is gonna fester. <clears throat> quite a while in my opinion. Um, what, what concerns, obviously rent's a huge concern for the business owner, but um, what can the business owner, uh, you mentioned a few things earlier, what can the business owner do in reaching out to the landlord, the owner, to, um, to help mitigate this crisis, to really come out the other side in a good shape? Well, rule number one for tenants is make sure you talk to your landlord before you're going to be late. And over the years, you know, we used to we used to manage about almost well, not directly manage, but we controlled about four million square feet of real estate when I sold my company in 2013. And my rule with tenants was always, if you're going to be late, let me know before it's due, and we'll talk about it. Do what you say you're going to do. We'll get along fine. There's always going to be a percentage of the tenants that are just going to try and take advantage and and uh, you know, not pay and just think it's gonna go away or think they can manipulate the system. The landlord's at a disadvantage right now because the, the, um, the attitude is gonna be against the landlord beating up on the poor tenant, but eventually your mortgage payments, while there's, if you're dealing with a local lender and you've got a relationship, I'm sure you can work something out where you're paying interest only for a period of time. Uh, if you're with commercial mortgage-backed securities, they have a whole different set of rules, and there isn't something that lets them work with you on re, uh, changing the terms of those loans because they're, again, they're mortgage-backed securities. Uh, 
and the securities have a whole different set of uh, rules, as Mark would say. It's <laughs> you don't even want to know how much how much uh, paperwork they got to go through. So it, it's you can't. It, there's there's a rule that I always say to to associates and management. If it's empty for a month, and this is residential or commercial, you cannot make that money up on the next deal. Now your mortgage payments continue, but if you if your tenant can't pay the rent and ultimately goes out of business, you've lost that income forever. And but you so your expenses are going to continue. The real estate taxes are going to continue. The property insurance, which is going up dramatically each year right now, uh, from all the different catastrophes we had from Australia to um, hurricanes and everything else. Uh, there in the last three years has probably been almost a 50% increase in the property insurance premiums. That all that needs to be recovered somehow in your rents. We're going to see a whole new type of tenant rent roll. Uh, your best located properties are going to continue to do well. If it's on the corner of Kennedy and Dale Mabry, you're okay. Uh, but if you're sitting a block off of Dale Mabry on a zeal or something, you're not going to be okay. Those are going to be secondary properties. They're going to have secondary demand. They're going to have, uh, there's just not going to be as many retail tenants. It's going to be service type tenants and insurance companies and other kinds of backfilling. And of course, the restaurant, restaurant hospitality, cat can't talk, Rest, restaurant and hospitality type users. So then let's look at another one. Um, everybody is thrown into virtual work now. How do you see the virtual work impacting the current commercial space? Well, if an office company finds out they can uh, put a percentage of their people working from home, working offsite, working on hotel desks, people coming in and hoteling is, is where you have one desk that may serve for two or three or four employees. They can work from home three days and they come in two days and they plug in, log in on the computer and with their workstations, which is part of the concept of the WeWorks, which is, as we know, uh, struggling right now. But that is part of that whole concept that people can move around. But as a company finds that they can do with less space, when the leases come up for renewal, and I, we're seeing right now, uh, just beginning to see, I see there's blocks of space for sublease in downtown Tampa law firms that have downsized or are downsizing, and it isn't just law firms, it's across the board. So it's gonna soften the rental market. Your best locations are gonna still bring the best pricing, but there is certainly a softening going on right now. Look at schools. Uh, as you, if most of you know, I've got the old Fortis College building for Lisa for sale at Almerton and 66. Do I think I'll find a school to take that 37,000 feet right now? Probably not. I got to find another use for that building. And of course, it, when it was originally built, it was an S&H Green Stamps Fulfillment Center. <laughs> for those old guys, remember that. I and remember it was a plumbing that. supply, and it probably wants to go back to being that. So, Elliot, what are, what are some other opportunities you see uh, in the commercial space? Uh, one of the, we keep repeating a uh, uh, something that Warren Buffett talks about, uh, you know, when others are uh, fearful, be greedy. When others are greedy, be fearful. And, uh, you know, uh, there, there's some opportunities out there. What are, what are some opportunities uh, uh, for the people who are looking to make a play? Well, the opportunities right now are wait and see where the bottom is. 
and then being liquid. And that's almost always the same, whether it's a strong market or not a strong market, being liquid and be able to move quickly and knowing your product types. And whether it's the We Buy Ugly Houses groups uh, that are gonna see opportunities uh, as people have to sell for one reason or another. And the buyers, if you're fearful of your job, and especially in your probably under Jason or Pat, you guys would be able to say better than me, but when you get into your under $500,000 level, you're dealing with people that are working for wages. They got to have a paycheck every week. They got to, they don't not, not um, self-employed and don't have wealth. Or, so that market is going to certainly suffer. Um, and there's a lot of stuff in the pipeline. So, and it, the, um, but being liquid and being able to move fast and looking at location, location, location is still the same. And I don't care whether it's going to be apartments or office or industrial is tight and it's going to stay tight because nobody, nobody is saying that market's going to soften. It may level a little bit as new stuff comes online, but the pent up demand for uh, goods and services supplies that'll happen, whether it's just medical equipment over the next year or two years just to fill that pipeline of testing equipment and everything else that's needed to be able to react to the second go around of this is going to keep industrial doing just fine. Pat, let's open it up to see who else has got questions. Thank you so much for so many of you who have just had the, the quick eloquent uh, tutorial, but we will continue. I couldn't hear that. I don't think it was a question. That was a side question, Elliot. I'll I'll uh, I'll I'll continue on uh, if, if somebody comes up with a question they can ask. Um, we haven't seen here in uh, in Tampa where they've converted a lot of commercial buildings to residential, uh, where you see in a lot of these really big cities. Um, you you foresee that uh, we may see that in the future. Usually, usually it's mainly construction costs, you can build new for what it would cost you to convert some of these. Uh, and of course, like you said, we're in the high, you're, you're usually in the high rent district, but uh, we haven't seen any of that. Do you think any of that's gonna come about from some of this uh, um, vacant office space? Uh, not likely in my opinion here. The lofts and the other conversions in other markets uh, are always, almost always locationally driven. They're next to Camden Yards or something like that that's uh, in very, very high demand. There is certainly in the younger uh, employment groups, uh, a less of a desire to be commuting from Pasco County to downtown. They're, they are filling up space down there, but there's been plenty of construction. And the multifamily market with 8,000 units still under construction is gonna be able to probably satisfy all the demand that comes up. So there isn't gonna be a push for conversion. Um, and it isn't as easy as you might think to convert an office building with common restrooms per floor, unless you're building a dorm, you gotta really take it down to the bones and start over again. So, and that in the world today is gonna to be far more expensive than just building from scratch. Anybody else have any questions? I've, I've made you, given you the ability to unmute yourself. So um, just go ahead and unmute yourself and ask the question while we have Elliot here. 
one, one thing that Pat, you or Jason may want to comment on is that with the, 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 what is it, 17 million people now out of a job that were all working three months ago, the amount of uh, the economic impact of that on housing, on uh, items that are not needed and everything else, we don't know yet what that's going to do, but it's certainly going to have an effect on housing. It's going to have an effect on foreclosures and people being able to afford to stay where they are. And it's going to have an effect on the market. Well, one of the things that kind of came up in one of the real estate groups that I follow is uh, sellers are asking buyers uh, um, through their agents, of course, uh, what kind of work they're in uh, because they're worried that these people might get uh, laid off or uh you know uh furloughed or or anything along those lines that's something you've never heard of before uh asking you know you have, you send a pre-approval letter um if you're a a, a good uh, listing agent you're going to contact the lender and verify that they've actually you know done some work and that they've produced documents and all of this kind of stuff but the thought of asking well hey what kind of job does this person have is a conversation that that uh, I never once thought of asking. Um, I'm not sure, uh, you know, prior to this that anybody would have even answered that and not been concerned that uh, that it might be looked at as some sort of discriminatory practice. Um, but you know, you said you if you were to say, yeah, the buyer's a chef, uh, there's a good chance he may not qualify for a loan right now if he's not working. Unless it's all cash. <laughs> So to add on to that, the lending is getting really tight for residential. A lot of the jumbo uh, lenders have stopped lending because I'm dealing with a buyer right now, ready to go buy a house, was pre-qualified, was going to buy a $2.5 million house, and there's only one lender that's lending jumbo. So, and they're also like Wells Fargo has changed their criteria literally on a daily basis because I talked to a lender today and Wells Fargo went to 700 minimum credit score and you better have 20% down or they're, they're not doing a loan for you. So the lending is going to be the tougher part. We're busy in real estate. We've got buyers, we've got sellers, but if the buyer can't get the loan because they've been unemployed or their, their credit took a ding, it's going to be affecting our market. And we were already heading into recession before this hit. So this is going to put a little tailspin on it. So there'll be some opportunities for investors in real estate. Absolutely. Yeah, and the lenders, we had a shopping center that was – was uh, free and clear. So we had a uh, life insurance company loan ready to get funded on it, but the guy hadn't signed the term sheet, the, my client, and the lender pulled, pulled the plug. Um, and that was what a month ago, uh, right when all this started to come down. And the, um, so from the investor standpoint, from uh, it's you you're getting your financing is really going to again depend upon the quality and the quantity of the income and it better be tenants uh that can support and will survive so if you've got a shopping center that's all restaurants it's that could be a little scary if they're all um you know medical offices and outpatient and labs and so on and so forth that's probably okay Time for one last question, unless, uh, Doc, you have a question oh, or I, a comment. I, I'd, I'd like to bring in Mark Albrecht. Mark, you're, you're that uh, lawyer. Um, what concerns do you think when you're talking about commercial real estate 
um, what thoughts from the legal perspective would you give? Well, uh, uh, Mr. Ross already talked about the leasing and the issues with uh, landlords. I haven't seen anything yet because I'm, hope I'm hopeful. And I think uh, a lot of the landlords, I think out of the business, good business practices are going to try to make some accommodations for the interim, especially since it's not related to the, anything the tenants did. It's related to what the government did in, in shutting things down. And so I, I appreciate the fact that there are these accommodations, uh, but there are going to be landlords, I'm sure, and other uh, people that are not going to uh, do accommodation. And so you're going to have those issues. Uh, the courts are open, but they're not operating fully. Um, only the, the only kinds of hearings that are being conducted right now are ones that require personal experience like domestic violence injunctions and, and preliminary presentation, which is the first appearance after an arrest. So um, a lot of hearings are being held uh, by telephone or Zoom. Uh, if you have evidence, obviously that's an issue. If you got a jury trial, that's an issue because those aren't being handled right now. And the order of the Supreme Court of, the, of Florida goes to the end of May uh, the governor's order on the 45-day suspension of residential, and that's what it refers to, residential foreclosures is for 45 days from April 2nd. So calculate that to the middle of uh, the middle of May. What's going to happen from that point? We don't know because we don't know when the government's going to say it's good to go back to business. Um, and so uh, the accommodations may have to last maybe to June. I mean, some people are talking July yeah. before we get there. So, um, and, and if, and I think uh, Mr. Ross talking about adding on to the end of the lease, I think that's a good, I think that's a good thing because, uh, you know, the tenants uh, can't do anything if they're closed. And of course we're seeing that same situation with the, with the students who had leases and they have been kicked out of their apartments and yet they're still being obligated. In some cases, we've been hearing the stories of landlords still requiring them to pay their monthly rent on their apartment at school uh, and not giving any accommodation. So, uh, you know, obviously contract provisions, you know, there, I saw a discussion about, there's no specifics and contracts about pandemics. So what is that gonna do on the, force majeure, you know, the act of God thing, because it's not really there. So what that's going to do with that, I, you know, obviously lawyers are going to start putting that kind of stuff in to, to cover because we don't know what's going to happen. And the uh, secondary thing that we talked about is that even though, let's say they open things up the end of May and you got a tenant who hasn't paid rent for two months, is there going to be a tenant wanting to take that space? So you're going to be forced to work something out to maintain some income rather than kick one out and have a vacant space. So that it's going to be tough on everybody and there's going to have to be decisions made uh, that are uh, for preservation of income, not to get back to status quo necessarily. If the tenant has a good business plan and they have a chance of making that, you're probably going to work with them, but you may never get the back rent. Let me just ask one more question before we wrap this up. Elliot, do you see the length of leases changing at all um, as people are coming off these? Are the are the uh, the owners of the business the owner of the 
the commercial real estate willing to look at a shorter term lease knowing that just to get through this thing or what do you see happening? Back, to, uh, I think I made this comment before, if it's empty for a month, you can't make it up on the next deal. So if you've got a tenant that has good credit in it, but they only want to go for a year and, and your uh, alternate is having an empty space, I'm going to take the year every time. But, uh, you know, I might be a little different because we don't have a mortgage on our property down in Madera Beach. But uh, if you're highly leveraged, now you're between a rock and a hard place. If you give in too much and the lender's not working with you, you could end up putting a lot of more pressure on yourself. So then you got to make a, a even more educated decision based on credit, who's going to pay, who's not, and so on and so forth. But uh, it's going to be. Now the apartments, um, there's there's a whole big article. Uh, I don't even know where I saw it, but uh, nobody's been discounting rents yet. Uh, and the the pro, uh, prospective tenants who have paid deposits, they're trying to hold these people to the leases uh, on these projects that have not been completed. You know, they have people who have signed leases in, in advance. But if you're not going to have a job and you're not going to be able to pay your rent, you're going to walk away from the deposit. Landlord's still going to have a vacancy. Thank you, Elliot. Uh, Pat, you have anything? No, great information, Elliot. You know, it, the, that's one of the uh, reminders of how complex uh, commercial real estate is and why you really need uh, somebody who's, who focuses on the uh, commercial side uh, and doesn't just dabble in it. So um, appreciate that. In fact, and Mark, uh, um, we need to see about getting you next week to talk about um, kind of some of the legal, uh, maybe some of the uh, court changes that are going to come from uh, all of this. Uh, you know, it, starting with the Supreme Court is actually going to start hearing arguments over Zoom or whatever their version of it's going to be uh, for the first time ever. It's going to be kind of cool. Tell everybody where, where they can find this recording because we've been doing it on Facebook Live as well as Zoom. Yeah, so we have a new uh, Facebook group. Um, it, and so all you have to do is go to Facebook and slash groups forward slash center club TBO trends, bends and opportunities. And it should pop right up and you can watch it live. You can just go straight there and uh, log in um, to uh, Facebook groups. You can join the group. It's open to anybody. Um, and all you got to do is answer a couple of questions and the questions are just to uh, keep the uh, bots from signing up and the uh, cosmonauts or whoever it is that, that uh, joins these groups. Um, but uh, you'll be able to watch it live or recorded uh, there. Uh, so we'll be on tomorrow at two o'clock. And uh, we've got um, Jason Powell from Bank OZK. He's coming back on. He's, he talked last week. He's going to be talking about a couple of other programs that are available out there for uh, businesses and entrepreneurs. And um, so it should be another uh, great informative uh, opportunity. Doc? He's also bringing Kevin, what's Kevin's last name with him? Franzese. Franzese with him on that. So good material. Um, we had a really good session yesterday for those that missed it on innovative uh, restaurant marketing. And then last week we had Jason on there walk us through the PPP loan process, uh, which is incredibly good. Uh, I threw out some things the day before and three ways to make money in the next three days.
let's keep the conversation going. Let's invite more people. And uh, even if they can't make it, let's direct them to the recording. Like they, Elliot had fantastic information, good things. And uh, we may never know, we may have him on in another month as we're starting to come out of this to see what the trends are at that point. Absolutely. All right, we'll see you all tomorrow.